Music is a product born from a personal need. Hello, Sharks. My name is Josh Reynolds, and I'm the founder and host of the That's Ball Folks podcast. I am here today seeking 39 million seven hundred no, no 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 that's not the number I'm that's so sorry it's such a such a big outrageous number and just get so nervous up here talking in front of you guys 39 million two hundred and seventy thousand one hundred and fifty dollars this money will be used to buy out the remaining contract of a player on the basketball team that I cover and root for sharks don't you get frustrated watching someone not meet their expectations? I mean, Mark, you know how this is. The bar is set so high for them that the market at the time says it's the appropriate height for the bar, but they just can't ever quite reach it. They show little glimpses here and there that keep you hopeful, but they can never quite meet that bar. Nothing is more frustrating. Nobody likes an underachiever. Personally, he's great, very likable. Ever heard of Crumble Cookies? He loves them. He might even own a franchise or two. Not knocking on his character, but this contract, it's got to go. Now, I know what you're probably asking yourselves. Yes, he is a free agent at the end of the season. That doesn't matter, though. I am here in desperation. I cannot do this alone. I have the ego. I'm the, I have the ability to look in the mirror and tell myself, Josh, you cannot do this alone. You need some help. And that's why I'm here. I can't wait until the end of the season. The city of Philadelphia cannot wait until the end of the season. Joel Embiid might be coming back soon, hopefully by the end of March. That's great. But this simply has gone on too long, and we're desperate. We need help. Yes, we could be patient. We could just wait it out. As I mentioned, it's gone on far too long. We just need help. Out of pure desperation, I am here begging. Please, somebody help. Mark, I saw that you had your hand up. Yes, do you have a question? Talk about the industry. There's some monsters out sure, there. Sure. You know, what's the difference? I mean, that's such a good question. We're going into this offseason with so much cap space and so much money to spend that the biggest differential is that these players who we hopefully will give this max amount of money to uh, will actually perform up to that level. Now, again, that has not been the case over the last, what, four or five years, and the monsters in the space are going to be able to play up to that level. And that's exactly why we need to get this money off the books so that, uh, yes, we will have open books at the start of the next season in 2025, but... I mean, I just think the team would be better off with that money off the books right now. Oh, Mark, you made your match. All right, I'm a sucker. <laughs> Deal. I don't care how hard you look, you cannot find talented people yeah. like that mm. who have the vision and have the guts. And right? the enthusiasm. The guts to go with the guy to make a lot of money with him. I love yeah. it. So that was a dream I had the other night. Not kidding. And <laughs> I wanted to put on my podcast. Am I risking a cease and desist from ABC for using Shark Tank audio and background music and even Mark Cuban's voice? Maybe, but I had to make it. <laughs> what is up, everybody? How's everybody doing? Uh, this is episode six, season two, and I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. Welcome to the That's Ball Folks podcast. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Kyle Lowry makes a Sixers debut. Fanatics is making paper mache baseball pants. Doc Rivers is on this just bizarre self-deflection press tour. J.J. Reddick calls him out. Pat Bev calls J.J. out. Draymond jumps in on it. Just uh, madness. Uh, fans in Dallas start calling KD names, and he confronts them and gives us the greatest meme we've ever seen. Paula Bancaro cries after the Pistons game. We talk about that. Uh, Clippers, total rebrand. 
We also dive into that, which I love. AJ Brown beefing with Philly Sports Radio. What's new? The hot, hot issue of court storming. We will talk about that. Max Struess with honestly the shot of the year, maybe the fourth quarter of the year uh, that took place last night. And Woj uh, hits us with some news about Joel Embiid's return. So let's let's start at the top though, because obviously with that stupid little Shark Tank uh, skit and opening, um, I don't want to do this, but I feel like we have to do it now. You anybody who listens to this, you and anybody who knows me knows that I like to keep things positive. I am always looking for the positive, always trying to put a positive spin on it. I don't like to bash things. I don't like any of that. But this needs to be talked about, and that is Tobias Harris. The dude, the dude is just straight up on an all-time stinker. Now, look, when the MVP of the league goes out, like you know that everybody on that roster, they're going to suffer a little bit. That goes without saying. But what you would expect is that some guys would step up. Not even saying that you expect to win games. You just would expect them to step up and at least perform a little bit better. Showing a little more fight. And we're getting none of that. We're getting that from Tyrese Maxey. But that's where the list starts and that's where the list stops. You've even got Maxie, who is just mature beyond his years, taking cover for Tobias in postgame pressers. It's just, uh, it's brutal, man. This last week, I was on my guy Noah's podcast, uh, There's Always Something in Philly, uh, or Always Something in Philadelphia, fantastic name. Great dude, go listen. But we talked about Tobias Harris, and I talked about this. Like, obviously, like I mentioned in that stupid Shark Tank thing, the market at the time was a max deal for Tobias. We paid him that. If we didn't, he was getting it somewhere else. Tobias is clearly not a max contract player. But that's what was offered, and that's what he took. And that bar immediately was set too high. He was set up for failure the second his pen hit that paper to sign that deal. He never had a chance. And again, that's to no fault of his own, even, right? He's just not a max guy. He's not a second option. He's not a third option. And he's getting max money. And that's what hurts. He's hurting the team. Watching the Celtics game last night, I mean, it, it was torture. They kept going to him over and over and over and over again, despite not having it going. Like, he didn't have it going at all. I don't know. I don't get it. And I'm sad. Like, this this has been Tobias Harris. We know that. We Like, we, we get it. But just seeing Embiid go out and just the way that this whole season... Uh, has gone is just a bummer, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, let's talk about the game last night. The whole game just made me sad. Like, Max was the only one who showed up. I mean, I guess Campaign and Ricky Council, they did as well. But, man, what a bummer. And you want to know what bums me out? Again, I'm not I'm not trying to be on this negative tangent, but I got to ride it uh, and get, get my words out. I like Jason Tatum. I really do. I liked him at Duke. I hate – the thing I hate most about him is that he plays in Boston. But I like him. I do not like – the fact that the media is trying to force him into the MVP conversation. I don't like how he played last night. Anyone who watched the game last night knows that he struggled big time. He lived at the free throw line. So did Porzingis. I think the Celtics shot like 26 more free throws than the Sixers did. Something like that. Uh, I saw. I wish I would have saved it or liked it because I could read it word for word. But I saw somebody tweet uh, and they predicted what was going to happen before the game even started. And they nailed it. Uh, said something to the effect of, I can't wait to see Tatum, Tatum miss six threes, drop 22 points, and score the majority of his points from the free throw line in a win. 
And that's exactly what happened. The Sixers weren't winning this game. Again, just like the Bucks, just like these other games against good teams, the entire season motto shifted to just straight up weathering the storm until Joel Embiid is back. Weather the storm. Now, speaking of Embiid, Woj reported yesterday uh, that there's hope that he's going to be back on the court late March. He said specifically the goal is not to win as many regular season games as possible with him, but it's to get him reps, get him as healthy as possible for the playoffs, whether that's a play-in game, whether they can somehow stay afloat and make it into a top six seed. Now, injuries have summed up the whole season. Melton hurts his back again last night. Who knows what that's going to look like. It just sucks, man. I'm sad. I'm sad, sad. Now there's like half a game that separates the five through eight seeds. It's just, it's going to be madness. But you've got to do whatever you can to stay afloat. And like I said, weather the storm. Let's keep it with the Sixers and Kyle Lowry. Lowry makes his debut uh, this past week. And he makes it in the most Sixers way possible. Takes a UFC elbow to the forehead. <laughs> Split him wide open. Several stitches. I think it was like six or something. But it's in the shape of a seven on his forehead. Kind of funny, I guess, uh, silver lining, because he wears number seven on his jersey. But uh, it was brutal and fitting. He came back in, which is great. And look, while I've liked what I've seen so far, especially with him and Maxi in the backcourt together, it's pretty clear that something is up. I don't know if it's rust. I don't know if it's old age. But there have been several times where he just hasn't made a play that we've seen him make his entire career. Whether it's finishing at the rim, kicking it out, passing on open looks. It's just something's up. It just, again, it bums me out, man. The vibes from this team went from so good to so bad and now to so sad, and it all happened so fast. And that sums it all up. It's brutal. Brutal, brutal. Um, Let's shift gears here for a second and talk about this whole Doc Rivers uh, blame deflection media tour that has been happening. So basically to sum it up, every single time that Doc Rivers has stepped in front of a microphone, he has (laughs) taken it upon himself to deflect the blame from something that has happened in his coaching career. Literally, every single time. This went on day after day after day for like a week straight. Somehow each time got worse. And so finally, J.J. Redick, of all people, he gets on, uh, I think his first take on ESPN, and he's had enough, and here's what he had to say. Side note real quick. No one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been yeah, seven minutes heard, oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, repeat for you? He's doing. He's doing. Repeat it. I, we I don't have to repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc. We get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> – there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say, accountability. Well, let me say a couple of things. Number one. Now, clearly, this seemed a little personal. <laughs> uh, the time that he spent coaching J.J. in L.A., Philly, obviously, nobody knows him like J.J. does. And he went off. He also isn't wrong at all, like at all. Nothing he said there was wrong. So Pat Bev, of all people, the ultimate panderer, he jumps in on this because now Doc Rivers is his coach in Milwaukee, and he tweets out, quote, this man Doc actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to, and you retire and go on TV and say that. Then JJ fires back with, Pat, my guy, I had a four-year offer with player option for the same money 
to be a starter or for a different team. F out of here, save my career. So then Pat comes back and says, why didn't you take it then? You was comfy in your role with the team, and don't just say L.A. Pat Bev then gets on his podcast because all this is going on, apparently, while he's recording with Richard Jefferson. And he says, quote, if I'm being honest, the Clippers should have started Jamal Crawford over J.J. Redick. He also mentioned J.J. was getting cooked by James Harden, that entire uh, playoff series against the Rockets. So then J.J. gets back and says, luckily the cameras uh, in the arena have better eyes than you. 289 half-court matchups, 21 for 56 shooting by Harden as contesting defender, shot 37.5 field goal percentage, 0.94 points per uh, direct ISO allowed on 37 isolations. I guess that's getting torched. Just fantastic back and forth. And then, as if we didn't even need any more, just a little cherry on top of all people, Draymond Green decides to chime in here uh, because, of course, he did. And here's what he had to say on his podcast. J.J. Reddick versus Doc Rivers and Patrick Beverly. Things got spicy. But I played for Tom Izzo. Playing for Tom Izzo, you learn something early, you learn it fast, and you get the lesson often, which is listen to what I'm saying, not how I'm saying it. So I listened to what J.J. said, not how he was saying it. The gist of it was pretty much him calling Doc out and saying, Doc, stop making excuses. You keep making excuses. You keep blaming guys. Enough. J.J. apologized and said, I looked a little hot and my tone could have been better. But I'm not apologizing for what I said. I meant every word that I said. And I agree with JJ. Every interview is another excuse. You knew what you was getting yourself into because you were actually brought in to fix those very things. I totally understand where JJ was coming from. Pat Bev understood where JJ was coming from. And Austin Rivers understood where JJ was coming from. And the reason you know they understood where J.J. was coming from is because they never said anything about what J.J. said. What they did was attack J.J.'s playing career and say, Doc saved your career. J.J. might not like Doc. I did get that a little bit. But more importantly, I heard what J.J. was saying. And what he was saying was very accurate. We cannot have the excuses, Doc. Every press conference, it cannot be a different excuse. Nobody disputed the things that J.J. said. They almost were disputing how it came off. Leave it to Draymond Green, of all people, to sum it up and put it better than anybody else. <laughs> he's he's absolutely right. I don't love saying that, but yeah, Draymond Green was right. I don't know. I didn't even I didn't even talk about the Austin Rivers part because then on NBA Today, of course, he's in there sticking up for his dad and taking shots at JJ. I just what a what some well, just some fun drama. The NBA remains the best reality TV show on the planet. I don't even think it's close. And that's coming from somebody who loves The Bachelor, if you want to even put The Bachelor in reality TV show bucket, which I do, which I do. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our attorneys said we needed to create an ad and tell people to stop snorting buffed. So here you go. Don't snort buffed. <laughs> Killer energy too powerful for a can. Made with three organic mushrooms, four nootropics, B vitamins, electrolytes, and caffeine, and flavors that fuck it doesn't taste like dirt. It's refreshing and delicious. Buffed. Calling all golfers. Do you have a problem three-putting? If you said no, you were either in complete denial or you're just a straight-up liar. Jokes aside, and in all reality, who doesn't? It's inevitable. We're all three-putters. Well, let me introduce you to a new lifestyle brand for golf that is made for us. The Three-Putt Golf Company. Golf gear that meets the average golfer where they are, but looks like a professional brand. The first drop sold out in hours, but more are coming. Keep an eye out for the drop. Discounts for That's Ball Folks listeners giveaways, and more. Three-Putt Golf Company. Everybody three-putts look good doing it. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So some quick topics that I just wanted to hit before we wrap things up. Uh, first one being Paulo Bancaro. Dude hits a game winner against the Pistons. He gets emotional in the postgame interview, talks about how much it means to him. Uh, says how he's had a terrible week, he was feeling terrible, and the dude gets crushed for it online. Here's what I wanted to say. It's such a lose-lose situation where people complain that players don't care enough and they don't care anymore. So then he shows that he genuinely is competitive and does care and shows emotion and still gets killed for it. Like, oh, he's crying over the Pistons, over a regular season game over the Pistons. What do you want? What do you want from the guy? I would rather have that guy. I would rather have that guy 100 out of 100 times. Good for Paulo, who I love, by the way. Dude's a freak of nature. He's going to be so good for so long, he's only going to continue to improve. I hope he shows emotion more. I love it. People are stupid. You can't ever win. Uh, another one. The fans in Dallas, I, I referenced it earlier, but the fans in Dallas, right as the, the Suns are taking the court, somebody yells out the B word, calls him the B word, and he immediately turns around and confronts them. The woman tries to dap him up, and it created the greatest meme of all time. The husband immediately changes his tune, starts saying stuff like, oh, I've got a sports podcast. Uh, KD turns around. Security comes in. They try to kick him out. KD stop, uh, pops back in, stops him, say, hey, don't kick him out. It, it's just a perfect example of people who back down this and change their tune the second that they're called out and confronted on something. It's like Twitter summed up perfectly. Anyway, that meme will forever live on. Her, like, smiling with her tongue out, like, trying to dap up KD is just the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, the Clippers rebrand. How about this? 
for next season with their new arena. Uh, look, if I'm being honest, I love it. I love when teams introduce new logos, new jerseys, new color scheme, and I think they knocked it out of the park, if I'm being totally honest. The Clippers, I mean, they've had some of the funniest logos and courts and jerseys, like, over the last, what, 10 years maybe? I like Grand Theft Auto font on the on the court, the sleeved baby blue jerseys, the plain white unis with that, like, circle logo, just the minimalist look. All terrible. And these are nice. If you haven't seen them yet, look them up. I really think you'll like them. It's a cool logo as well. Gives a nod to history and them obviously playing in San Diego. Like, I, I think they killed it. Uh, those unis will look great uh, in their new arena. I think it'll be nice. And this, the topic of all topics, the court storming. So, as the story goes, it happened with Caitlin Clark earlier this season where fans were storming the court. One of them bumped into her. So, Duke loses at Wake Forest. Wake Forest fans storm the court. A fan bumps legs with a Duke player while he's trying to run to the bench. And another fan, like, clearly shoves him in the back. Duke player limps off. Duke's head coach, John Shire, is obviously super pissed off, rightfully so. But now there's been all this talk of, hey, let's ban the court storming. Jay Billis wants to arrest kids who do it. Here's my take. This is actually one of those rare instances, which never happens, where everybody can get what they want. Hear me out. It's pretty simple. How about you wait literally 10 seconds for the players to get to the sideline and then open the floodgates? Storm the hell out of that court. Problem solved. I don't get it. Like, it's so it's so simple. It's almost too simple. Just wait a second. Boom. You're welcome. Like, not everything needs to be shut down. Obviously, this goes without saying, player safety needs to be the first thought. That needs to be put in the, the very top of priority list. Like, that goes without saying. But storming the court, like, it, it can still be allowed just as long as the players are off the court. Like, done. Simple. That's so easy. And you most certainly don't need to arrest kids. Like, obviously, if they're running on the court taking swings at people, then, yeah, we got to have a different conversation. But, like, this one was just an unfortunate thing. I think the kid who pushed him from behind, like, that was intentional. I don't know if the kid who bumped into him, it didn't look intentional. I don't know. Such an easy fix. Like, that's so funny. I got into it on Twitter with a couple people who had all these hot takes of saying, oh, it's Duke, it's Duke complaining. I'm like, yeah, the coach, I'd be really pissed off too if that happened to one of my players, especially after a loss on the road. I'd be really mad. You didn't see it. You didn't know how bad he was hurt. I'd be mad. Anyway, dumb topic, and that's a win-win. So hopefully everybody can get their way. Uh, How about this? Everybody, I mean, if you haven't seen this, Last night, Max Struess for the Cleveland Cavaliers went on the craziest heater that I've maybe ever seen, and he followed it up with the literal shot of the year. He had a 60-plus foot buzzer-beating three uh, to beat the Mavs last night at home. But before that, he hit like five straight threes in the matter of like 60 seconds or something like that. It's amazing. What a game. Sad for the Mavericks, of course, but like you can't be mad at losing on a buzzer beater like that. That was just unbelievable. And watching SportsCenter last night, there were like three to four shots that were like half court or longer buzzer beaters last night. Nevada hit one. There was one in a girls' college basketball game. Um, and Struess hit his, obviously. Weird night. Wild night. Crazy. Uh, we'll end with this. My college basketball team highlight of the week uh, leading up to March. And this week, we got to show some love to the state of Utah. Utah is going to get a couple schools into the big dance. Utah State, lock. BYU, lock. We'll start with Utah State. Last night, they beat Fresno on the road in overtime, hit another deep clutch three, banked it to send in to OT. 
and uh, they remain on top of the Mountain West. They're projected a seventh seed right now. They are pretty damn good. They play some fun basketball. They've got dudes who can hoop. Dare I say, I think they're the best team in the state of Utah, and I love that. They're known for having some wild home games up in Logan. Man, those farmers, they they sure go wild for some hoop. Got to show them love. Uh, Also, this pains me as a Utah Utes fan to even show them a little bit of love, but uh, BYU. How about BYU, man? They go onto the road in Kansas, beat them in their own building. Kansas had won something like 80 straight games while leading, 80 straight home games while leading at half. BYU caught fire late, took their first lead with like four minutes left. They didn't let off, hit some clutch threes. It's going to be a fun march, man. Both those schools get the highlight this week. Maybe one year, just maybe, Utah can get back to their old ways and uh, can be a part of this conversation. But this year is not that year. Utah State, BYU. Calling it now, before I even see the matchups, both of those schools are going to win their first round game. Let's go. That's all I got. Again, I appreciate all of you listening. What a fun week. Uh, Not so fun in the Sixers world, but hopefully that gets back as we inch closer to Embiid's return. Just keep those fingers crossed. Send out those vibes. If you pray, pray like hell. We need need him back, man. My goodness gracious. Like, Maxie's doing all he can. You could tell he was, vis- like, truly visibly frustrated last night. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I got. Again, appreciate everybody listening to this. Feel free, like, subscribe, review, drop, all, do all that fun stuff. Uh, I just really appreciate you listening. Uh, love you all. Have a great week. And uh, that's all, folks.